Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia, trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Well, welcome back to the Mind Your Fiber podcast, episode number six. In the next few episodes, we're going to take a deep dive into fibromyalgia origin, the brain pain processing problem, the biology and psychology of pain, and how you can retrain your overprotective pain system and improve your symptoms. Today, you will learn that fibromyalgia pain does not mean your body is damaged, how your thoughts, emotions, stress, and experiences affect your pain. I love teaching neuroscience, and I will make it easier for you to understand the pain science. I will give you many examples and illustrations so you can remember the information and apply it to your life. Before we begin today, I want to tell you a story. So my father was a very good storyteller. He will have a story about anything. If something important comes up in our lives, he'll have an example or a joke, an anecdote, or some type of life experience that he experienced in the past. So one year when I was little, he was talking about hypnosis uh, and how he was on vacation and attended a show uh, with a hypnotist. He described several magic tricks and hypnotic tricks. It was an entertaining show, but one of the experiences that he described that I'm really remembering now, uh, many, many years later, is a trick with a candle and a needle. So this person uh, was from the audience, and uh, the entertainer was holding a flame and a needle, and he would heat up the needle over a flame, and then he would touch the person. And when the person uh, was touched... Actually, the needle was swapped. It was a cold needle uh, that was swapped right before the touching. And the person experienced the pain and the sensation of the burning needle. So he was not touched by the actual hot needle. He was touched by a cold needle. But his nervous system, his brain processed that anticipated pain and discomfort and experienced the pain as he should have should the needle was hot. So my dad actually met the guy uh, from the audience. He was uh, either sitting next to him or some type of vacationing close by. And he talked to the guy and he said he experienced this pain and he thought he was burned. Uh, he thought his his skin would blister. And of course, it, it did not. But the pain experience was very real. There was another story that I heard during one of my classes on pain reprocessing therapy uh, about a construction worker who was going through a construction site and he got impaled uh, with a metal rod. Uh, it went through his shoe and he was rushed to hospital. He was in agonizing pain. 
Uh, he was given medication uh, for pain when he arrived to ER. But when they removed the shoe and they saw the damage, the actual the rod went between his toes and did not even touch or cause any tissue damage. There was no, uh, there was no injury. But yet the person perceived that injury as a real thing, and he acted and felt that pain if, if it was actually damaging his body, his foot. So that brings us to an interesting concept of our brain. Our brain processes pain regardless if the pain is real or if the pain is anticipated. So what is pain? The International Association for the Study of Pain defines pain as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling the actual or potential tissue damage. I want to emphasize a couple things. It is unpleasant, sensory, meaning sensation, or emotional experience associated with or resembling, so look like, an actual or potential tissue damage. Now, most of us think that the amount of pain we experience is related directly to the degree of bodily damage or injury. The more injury or tissue damage, the higher the pain level. But per definition, the pain can also originate from the potential or anticipated origin. It is also a personal, unique, emotional experience. The emotions related to pain are processed by the brain as the pain itself. How one can feel or perceive pain requires two elements. First is a local component, a trigger that activates a pain receptor. It can be an injury, a sensation, an actual or potential, a local marker that sends a signal to the brain. Second is the brain's perception of this pain or how the brain processes this pain signal. When the brain receives this local pain signal, it can control the pain experience. It can turn the volume up of pain or down. Our thoughts are often automatic, pre-wired by our brain, and often are not necessarily obvious to our consciousness. Yet, they have a profound impact on both of our short-term or immediate as well as long-term adjustment to pain. The research about the pain control started in 1960s, and it's called the gate control theory of pain. The pain signal is sent from the local area via the spinal cord's nerves to the brain. The brain, as it receives the pain signal, can reduce or increase these signals. Increase or reduce your pain. Think of an imaginary gate between the brain and the spinal cord. The brain controls the entrance and able to adjust the flow. Some signals will always pass through, so you will always have some type of pain if the pain originated in the local area. But the brain can widen the passage or make it narrower, allowing more or less pain signals to pass through. The pain gate control center is located in the brain's area that is also responsible for processing thoughts and emotions. So the thoughts, emotions, and pain are processed in the same area of the brain. The brain manages the experience of pain, the severity, as well as coping mechanisms using the thoughts and emotions. The brain analyzes the actual sensation in the context of your thoughts, feelings, anticipation of pain, expectations of the severity of pain, 
stress, your memories, and your past pain experiences. The gate control of the pain explains that our brain has a degree of conscious control of the pain. The thoughts and emotions can either open the pain gate and let more pain in, or close the gate, reducing the pain amount. Emotional and thought control can be learned and practiced, leading to improved pain experience. To illustrate this concept of the brain processing pain based on anticipation, stress, memories, and past experience, think of the toddlers who are getting vaccination shots. Now, if you are three or four years old, you had some vaccines in the past and you remember coming to a doctor to get them. If you, if you have multiple toddlers, they will all experience the shots in a different way. Now, the shot itself is pretty similar experience to most people, but how they receive the shot depends on how, they, how their brain processes this experience. Now, some toddlers will go into a pediatrician's office and they'll be okay just by sitting on mom's lap and getting a sucker at the end. Some will be hysterical just seeing the door of the pediatrician's office because it will trigger the memories of past shots Some of them will be in tears for hours after this experience. They will remember it and will ruminate and think about it, showing you the boo-boo and the the band-aid. Some will need four people to hold them down so they don't jerk and break the needle. As you can tell, every child who gets the shot has the experience of this pain differently because of the processing of this pain based on anticipation of pain, based on the past memories, their coping skills, how they can be comforted or not, what they need to have a comfort about this pain. So just like toddlers, we all have different pain experiences. We process pain based on your past memories, your present coping skills, as well as your wired nervous system. We're going to discuss all those concepts in the future episodes. So let's summarize. The pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling of actual or potential tissue damage. You may have pain even if there is no tissue damage, but only a thought or potential tissue damage. Your emotions and thoughts control the level of pain, and emotional and pain control are located in the same area of your brain. Emotional and thought control can be learned and practiced, leading to improved pain experience. Fibromyalgia pain can increase or decrease based on your anticipation of pain, your prior experience with pain, your thoughts, your emotions, your memories, the stress level you're experiencing. So learning how to control your emotions and thoughts will improve your pain experience. In the next few episodes, we'll go deeper into the brain processing problem and how you can learn how to rewire this problem. We're going to talk about somatic tracking as one of the techniques used to improve pain processing, as well as relaxation techniques that are known to improve pain and and improve your quality of life. Until next week, this is Dr. Olga Pinkston, and don't forget to mind your fiber. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you move toward better life with fibromyalgia. 
All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on, click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fibro. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.